this is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I am Antonis. And I'm Mike, and we're your hosts. In the last episode, we told the story of how we met Caitlin, our resident intratemporal scribe. In her universe, ecological collapse threatens societies and species around the world. In today's episode, our guest hails from a very different universe, one where humans and many societies are working in symbiosis with natural systems to address ecological, social, and economic problems at a global scale. That's right. I'm hopeful that people in my universe will hear today's story and think about ways we could do things differently. We certainly need to. We first came across Francisca's story in an unusual way. Normally, since Mike and I are constantly scanning intertemporal communications channels, looking for great stories, we are the ones who find the stories. But in this case, it was Caitlin who first encountered Francisca's story. So, Caitlin, I think it would be better if you tell our audience how it happened. Sure. I'd be happy to. It's so random. So, in our last episode, when we were talking about how I connected with you two, I mentioned an aftermarket mod I bought for my radio that I used to tune into this podcast. Well, I actually bought that mod at an audio equipment shop not far from the shoreline when I was visiting family near New Coast, Florida a few years back. I didn't even know what it was at first, but the shopkeeper was demoing it for another customer. She had it hooked up to this marine VHF radio, like the kind boaters use, and she was using it to listen to radio chatter between people on boats in another universe. From the snippets I could pick up, it sounded like people were farming something at sea. I knew nobody in my universe was doing that, so it was an effective demo, I guess. But it really left an impression on me, so after I bought it and then got in touch with you two, I told you about that conversation I overheard and, well... You took the next step. As gliders, we were naturally interested in learning more about how 21st century algae aquaculturalists, as we learned they were called, were not just farming, but also addressing multiple societal challenges at once. So we began scanning marine VHF frequencies intertemporally until we found something that sounded like what Caitlin was describing to us. And then you played me some of what you found, and sure enough, I recognized Francisca's voice. It's like, what are the odds? I know, right? You can't make this stuff up. So, after a few attempts, Mike and I were able to establish a connection and get a message to Francisca to let her know we'd like to feature her story on Future Diaries. And she graciously agreed. I know. I'm so excited to talk to her about her story and life in her universe. Shall we have a listen to Francisca's story then? Sounds excellent. Let's roll. Atlantic Seaweed Aquaculture Gyre, 4th of March, 2036. Dear Diary, we are traveling back to the cargo barge, so I wanted to use this time to update you on the good news I received today. First, like always, my current position. We are at 28 degrees, 15 minutes north, 
and 45 degrees 5 minutes west in the gyre. Everyone on board is in a good mood. We enjoy all the amazing water sports out here. My favorite is to go exploring on dives and snorkels. The work is going well too. We can harvest continuously as the seaweed grows super super fast. No wonder they call this stuff the golden tides. Cargo barge whale belly, cargo barge whale belly, golden explorer. We're ahead, golden explorer. We're about five minutes away traveling at seven knots with great wind from northwest. Copy that. We are getting ready for docking. It sounds like I have to help soon with docking. So let me get to the point and share my exciting news. I just received confirmation that I got a placement in the Guarani Agroforest Project for my green impact year that follows this blue impact year. I am so excited. Can't wait to learn agroforestry practices directly from the Guarani people and help them rebuild what was lost. I love it out here in the gyre though. This might be what I choose to do after my impact years are over. My dad is very jealous of the new impact year system. Back in his days, he had to do military service after high school. And that in Switzerland, a neutral country. He said it was rather pointless. But these impact years we have to do now, he says, they make a real impact on society and help us find a path in life. Everyone on their station! Okay, diary, you heard it. It's time to bring the sails in and dock the barge. Nah, talking to your invisible boyfriend again? <laughs> yeah, had to tell him about the placement in agroforestry I got. No way, you got this spot? Congrats! Wow, what an incredible diary. I just had to close my eyes and I could feel the sea breeze on my face. Also, welcome to the show, Francisca. Thank you. It's wonderful to be joining you. All right. I have so many questions. I guess I'll start here. Where and when are you joining us from now? Are you still working through your blue impact year in algae aquaculture? Or have you moved on to your green impact year in agroforestry restoration with the Guarani? My blue impact year is now a few years back. After my agroforestry restoration year, which was an amazing experience, I got a full-time job in algae aquaculture. And actually, right now, I am overlooking a group of blue impact years. I love working with them. Their youth and enthusiasm is infectious. And our job is really important. With the forest still regenerating, we need the algae aquaculture to capture carbon. Once a year, I go visit the Guarani. They are like family to me now. And it's great to spend time in the forests after so much time on the ocean. Wow, those sound like amazing opportunities. It sounds like your diary was recorded on a typical day for you, although certainly a memorable one, as you also had some good news to share. What else do you remember about your activities that day, and how typical of a day was it for you? My Blue Impact year was the first time I was away from home for several months. 
That is why I kept a diary during that time. I wanted to capture everything. Of course, I planned to record an entry every day. But you know how that goes. I ended up doing an entry every few days. It was indeed recorded on a typical day, except the fact that I got the news about the agroforest replacement. I started the day with a dawn snorkel with my best friend on the boat. That is the time when you can see lots of the hunting activities going on. Then after breakfast, we started harvesting sargassum. And sometime midday, our holding tank was full, so we sailed back to the cargo barge. There we unloaded and attended the barge party. There are normally about two to four boats parked at the barge overnight for an unload, and it is always great fun to have a few drinks with the crews of other boats. It gets pretty wild, and we normally sleep in the next day and leave after a late brunch. <laughs> I'm actually pretty happy you didn't stumble across one of the diary entries I did right after the barge parties. They are pretty embarrassing. Ah, uh, that sounds so wonderful. It's encouraging to be talking to someone in a universe where more people and societies are working together to address ecological issues. I was hoping you could tell us a little more about the blue and green impact year system and how those came to exist in your universe. And do people around the world participate, or is it limited to certain countries? Are countries even a thing in this universe? Yes, countries do exist. Every young person from around the world participates in the blue and the green impact years at an age of 19 and 20. Young people are very motivated to take care of our planet, so almost nobody opts out of it. Some decide to work very local and improve the land and sea of their own community, while others like me use this opportunity to travel. If you are from a developed country, you do not get paid during these two years, but you do get free room and board. Young people from developing countries do get paid, so they can support their families at home. The funds for this program are provided by developed countries as a reparation for the damage they have done. When did this program start? It started soon after what we call the Big wake-up call. There was that year when Australia had large bushfires, and a few months later, forests in Canada, the US, Europe, and China were burning uncontrollably. It felt like the entire planet was on fire. For many people in the West, it was the first time they experienced the natural disaster of the scale and saw the biosphere destruction with their own eyes. It was all hands on deck. Everyone in the affected areas was helping to put out the fires. I think that event changed everything. After that, it went really fast. A global emergency meeting was held. At the end of each day, they presented solutions and anyone could access their suggestions and agree or disagree. In rural developing countries, they set up special devices for this to make sure everyone had a say. 
The green and blue impact years were born out of this. The system you're describing sounds similar to a program I learned about from studying history in my own timeline, which was quite successful in helping societies in my universe strike a more livable balance between nature and society. It's great to hear it's working in your world as well. All right, my next question for you is, beyond the blue and green impact years, what can you tell us about day-to-day life in your universe? For example, what types of work and leisure activities are common, and what is the balance like for most people between the two? Oh, wow. What a question. There are so many different jobs and so many different leisure activities. It would take hours to answer this question. Most people work between four and six hours a day. Many are communication facilitators of some sort helping with consensus fighting. And many others continue on their work from their blue or green impact years, like I did, and help with restoring nature. People nowadays are really into deep-focused leisure activities, where they immerse themselves fully either into nature, a conversation, painting, playing music, or alike, and ignore and turn off all distracting devices. Well, that's at least what people strive for. For me, it works well when I'm doing ocean-related activities. But on land? Most of the time, I end up distracted after 15 minutes. Wow, it seems like you're really finding the sweet spot between work and play. That sounds lovely. In most of the stories we come across as gliders, people in society struggle greatly to balance work, leisure, and ecological sustainability. How do you think people in societies were able to succeed in getting it right in your universe? I think it all had to do with the big wake-up call. It was like a near-death experience, but not felt by a single person, but the entire planet, and most importantly, by the Western world. After such an event, you realize what is important. You know you need to take care of the biosphere, but you also realize life is short. So somehow we managed to find a way to heal our biosphere and still not go into overdrive work mode. It probably helped that everything else became unimportant in the grand scheme of things. Those are really valuable insights. I hope people across time and space are paying attention. All right, we have one more question for you. What lessons do you hope our audience from across the multiverse will take from your story? Hmm, I hope they learn that it is possible to heal a damaged biosphere and that people bloom while doing this type of work. Suicide rates and depression have gone down massively since we started these efforts. Working in nature and doing meaningful work is essential for humans. It feels natural. It is sad that it took the big wake-up call for us to change our ways. And I hope that people in other universes can get there without such a big scare. Those are wonderful thoughts to end on. Thanks again for joining us today, Francisca. It's been lovely having you on the show. It has been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That will do it for this episode. If you've enjoyed our show, 
Please subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universes we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter and find other ways to support the show. I'm Caitlin. I'm Antonis. And I'm Mike. And we'll talk to you in the future. future.